Hello and welcome once again to another episode of Mere Fidelity where we have conversations about life, theology, and uh, the church in the world. Uh, I'm joined this week by Matt Anderson and once again back from his his meanderings in Holiday Land, Andrew Wilson. Uh, so it's really good to have him back in the sh- on the show today. Uh, but Alistair Roberts sadly could not join us. But yeah, we're having another show. And today we're taking up the issue of friendship. Um, there was an article, was a, the, front, the front piece on uh, Christianity Today this, this month uh, by Wesley Hill called, um, it, it was called Why Can't Men Be Friends? But it is also alternatively titled uh, Till Death Do Us Part, Why Now More Than Ever We Need to Recover a Rich Vision of Lifelong Friendship. And that, that second title is really the more accurate one when it comes to the substance of the piece. Hill takes up the issue of our diminished friendships in the contemporary age, and uh, both for men and women. Uh, it does start off to focus on, on the men as well, just the fact that we've, we've kind of lost our ability to make and be um, committed friends. friends. Friendship seems to be one of those relationships that has no rights. It's very, it's not just secondary, but, you know, kind of um, dissipating. And so uh, Hill argues that we, we need to recover a rich vision of Christian friendship. And the Christian tradition itself has given us, uh, you know, great resources uh, historically uh, for, for committed, lifelong friendships, even vowed friendships. And he, and he, and he points to a number of um, ceremonies in the past uh, have been undertaken to, to to speak of vowed, committed friendships. These are the kind of friendships that you you don't just kind of make and break easily, or you know, affinity friendships, but the kind that um, they have a, a binding nature, not like marriage, but but yes, like it in some senses. Uh, and so, just a f- fascinating article, very very thought provoking, a lot of wonderful stuff in it. But Matt Aunt, Matt had an article uh, himself this week taking up some issues uh, with with Wesley's piece. So we just want to hand it over to Matt to kind of get the discussion going. So uh, Matt, take it away, Intr- uh, you know, lead us in. Yeah, I appreciate that. So, and we tried to get for listeners at home. We tried to get Wes on the show. He was um, amenable to coming on, but unfortunately, he couldn't talk with us uh, during when we were recording. So, we love Wes. Wes is great. I've read um, a lot of what he's written. He's one of the few people that's on my short list of uh, folks who I try to read everything that they write. So, you know, my piece was raised questions, but I didn't mean to to you know cop on Wes or. or put out there that I don't like him. I, I like that guy so much. He is wise beyond his years. But in this piece, I have a lot of questions about why vows uh, are sort of why they're a part of his recommendation for strengthening friendship bonds. There's a couple of angles. We've talked in, in recent weeks about the um, the thinning out of life that, quote, modernity, end quote, has wrought upon us. And that's a that's a sort of presupposition of Wes's article that that something has happened within our world that make friendships particularly problematic and particularly thin. We we just aren't uh, as committed as we once were. And he proposes this 
the use of vows on the one hand, and then, but he also proposes this concept of siblinghood as a model for what friendship should be. And I guess I just, one of my main questions is, if we grant the premise that relationships have been thinned out, um, how do we go about reversing that? Um, Siblinghood as a concept strikes me as just as much in jeopardy as friendship. I'm not sure that um, people feel that much more obligated to support and sustain their siblings or to live close to them or to make decisions about how their lives are going to go based on where their siblings are and so on and so forth. And so is this a problem with friendship per se, or is it a more general problem with relationships? And is, is vows is digging up and making these things really explicit and moving them to the surface. Is that the way to overcome this thinning out of relationships? I don't have answers to those questions, but those are my questions. So is the concern then, do you think Matt, a, a pragmatic one or a philosophical theological one with the vow idea is, is your, is it this, this wouldn't work, but people don't understand what siblinghood is. They don't understand a vow thing is just sounds a little bit weird to modern ears. And therefore I don't think it would have any traction or, are you saying, I, I think there is a philosophical or theological difference between what a marriage is meant to be and represent and what a friendship is meant to be and represent that means that trying to formalise something and remove the elements of utility so it simply becomes an, a, an almost arbitrary commitment to a person um, is not the right framework for thinking about what a friendship is. You know, or you may have both objections, I don't know, but which side are you coming from on your questions about that? Matt is never pragmatic. Yeah, my piece was... Matt is never pragmatic. That's my yeah. point. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, my, my, my the piece that I wrote in response to Wes was definitely from the um, philosophical theological standpoint. It's, I've, I have concerns about how vows conceptually change the meaning of friendship. Here, I also I also legitimately have just pragmatic questions. If friendship is weakening, if it's if it's thinned out, are vows the kind of thing that will actually buttress it, um, or is that like just going to change it? So ultimately, I do care most about the conceptual question, but I also just really wonder if uh, about the pragmatic side. Uh, that yeah, that's that's answer my questions for Andrew, me, Jens. Now that you've asked your the question, what do you? Where do you land? What do you think? Well, I think I I, I think what I, I found interesting about the piece was I I like I I, I recognise the the portrait. I think reading I think literature one of the things that of the many things that seems strange in literature from previous centuries is the way people talk about friends um, and the the way in the the difficulty we have in not thinking not sexualising or romanticising quite a lot of quite what seem to be quite ordinary and not very sexualized or romanticized friendship relationships which i think is interesting when you so i see the disjunction um i see the see the problem i think that the language of vows immediately i have much more is initially a more pragmatic thing i just sort of think i can't i can't really imagine that i don't really get what that would be like in our world um but that's why i'm interested by some of the more theological challenges but i i think what i thought wesley's going to is the idea of i i love the inversion he he goes to with the the difference between I love you because you're mine and you're mine because I love you, and I think seeing which, which is the sort of the two 
ways of thinking about a, a relationship and one of them is effectively there's a utility which drives the need for a relationship the other one the relationship is almost arbitrary and then turns into something of much greater meaning because the commitment precedes the usefulness um, and I I think I probably sort of find myself wanting to have my cake and eat it a bit and saying I do think there is something about friendships that um, a deep the deep friendships of previous generations or centuries which must have been more than simply utilitarian and and must actually perhaps even started from a place that wasn't useful and that that's part of what made them effective but I also think there's a specialness to what I don't think Wesley would agree with this to what a marriage is and particularly what a marriage symbolizes that means that some of those commitments um till death us do part which is obviously the title of the article in the in the magazine um are very specifically reserved for that picture of Christ in the church which I don't think is something that we should be then putting onto uh, other relational contexts and I'm not sure Wesley would disagree I just I, that that was it's that navigating that tension that I found it interesting I was thinking I don't know how you get there without using more marriage like language particularly as you say in a context where siblinghood isn't particularly a, um, a sort of common uh, or widely understood framework for relationship building anyway that, that's so well, I, I was gonna say you yeah you, uh, there were, in the comments of, of Matt's piece, um, there was just some interesting back and forth. But it, it made me think of the fact that, you know, scriptures, in scriptures, uh, the, the most profound relationships are, some of them are, yes, biological and all that. But, but the rest of them are covenantal, uh, right? We have covenantal uh, relations with, you know, marriage is a covenantal relationship. Uh, the government relationships in, in the Old Testament theocracy were covenantal and I think you know some of the friendships in the Old Testament most famously Jonathan and David their friendship was a somewhat of a siblinghood friendship relationship so much so that you know we you know in the modern period it, it sounds almost erotic but but the Jonathan David relationship reminds me a lot of kind of the thing that Wesley's talking about is you have this picture of two two men who are so committed to each other as friends and, and, and brothers, but, you know, uh, a friendship, is, as the scriptures say, uh, you know, sometimes a friend who is closer than a brother, um, and wanting to seal and commit and make vows and make pacts, saying, you know, there's that element of, I, I, yeah, that tension of, this is, this, is, this is not brotherhood in one sense, in the sense that, you know, you're just born to brothers, you know, a friend I've chosen. Yeah, I've sought you out, or you sought me out, or we've thrust together because of some situation. But at the same time, I want to vow: you are my, you are my friend, you are my brother from now on, thick or thin. Whether you're, whether whether you remain as great as you are now, or if you have a low point, you know, when you when you, you know when you're battling through crap and nobody wants to be around you, but I've promised to be your friend. There's something there that I think, you know, I, I go back and forth. Some of the pragmatic concerns about, well, do people even understand vows? They don't even understand their wedding vows. And that's a broad cultural thing. But at the same time, um, we don't we don't necessarily say, well, don't make wedding vows because culturally we don't really know what to do with them. We don't really understand covenant, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we, we say, no, we have to explain. We have to preach. We have to uh, put forward a biblical view. And so I think there's maybe... You know, there's certainly not the imperative to uh, friendship vows in the same way that there are uh, the imperative to biblical vows, but uh, marriage vows. But I think that there, it's not that off. 
right? I think that there's 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 something deeply biblical about thinking through covenantal friendship. And yes, there's something different. I mean, there, there, there's there's a lot of differences for the one sense. In the one sense, it's it's this is a, this is a vow that has that is not made, um, that is not consummated through sexual union that could result in a child. That's a major difference, right? Uh, and, and and a number of other things. And, and we don't cling cleave and become one flesh. Um, I mean, that's you know that's an ontological difference. Um, but but I do think I, I do think thinking thinking things in light of of covenant uh i think there's some there's some rootage there for for kind of a of a friendship vow uh mentality uh within 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 christian theology uh it's just me right now so yeah no so i totally agree that there are covenants among men which is a phrase from paul Fran, uh, paul ramsey that i just really love which bind us together which create obligations and that's true not just of close friendships but it's true of um, neighbor and stranger relationships as well. Without the kind that, without the kind of promising and trust that um, human relationships require, uh, societies decay and break down. So society is built on covenants. It's built on trust, and um, that's the foundation. I'm uncertain about the need to dig that up and and make that explicit within the context of friendships. Um, There is a kind of liberty and joy that comes with um, making a promise to a friend. Um, And I always want to preserve for us as humans the liberty to bind ourselves to one another. And I absolutely think that um, family ties, siblinghood, are paradigmatic of the kinds of relationships which friendships can grow into um, and uh, in some cases potentially even transcend and and look different from. But for all of that, um, there is... So so Andrew's use of the um, I love you because you're mine phrase and Wes's use of that is interesting to me because regardless of what happens, um, the mine relationship is different, it seems to me, between spouses and between friends. And the explicit undertaking of vows changes that mine relationship. Um, uh, I, you know, we don't see the kind of language of obligation and, um, indebtedness about friendships within the New Testament, I'm going to stay specifically within the New Testament here, that we see, uh, for instance, in 1 Corinthians 7, where the mine of spouses creates genuine obligations, which are meant to be given, not demanded. Um, And so, you know, how, how do we say mine of friends how we say that, I think, just has to be very different than how we say mine of spouses. And vows, I think, explicit vows and explicit covenants impinge upon that kind of uh, distinctness. But, but That's my but word. You, but, I mean, did you hear Wesley saying they should be the same? Because I, 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 didn't, I didn't read that. I mean, it seems like the vows could specify... In a sense, I, I don't really, I don't really think I'm gonna, ha- you know, go ahead and have 
you know, call up all my all my groomsmen and say, "Hey guys, uh, forgot left this out of the ceremony. Y'all are my y'all are my friends in this way." Actually, that kind of reminds me that that's kind of an analogy when when somebody comes your groomsman or or bridesmaid and they they play the play the role as witness to a marriage. There's a certain element where they're vowing uh, to play a certain friendship role in your marriage and in your life to be such a support and a and a and, and in a way that in in a way that is I mean, supportive and non-impinging on the marriage and, and clearly distinct uh and ancillary to but it's still there's an element of when when I don't know I've seen in, in marriages and in, in certain old school marriages where, where they have the they have a congregation uh, affirm their witness and affirm their role in supporting and loving and playing the role of a friend in the support of the marriage uh, it, within the ceremony. I think I don't know. I just I just think there's an element of yeah, it's a different relationship. That's why I, I call him friend and I call her wife. Like he's my friend and that's my son and that's my wife and I'm her husband and I'm his father and I'm uh, his buddy. But, you know, they're all mine, but it, clearly in different senses because of the different kinds of things that they are. It, so I, I don't know. Even, even, even Sorry, go on. Can I, can I add to that, Derek? Um, that's also why. So I agree with everything you're saying. And that's also why I never refer to my wife as my best friend and why I think that language is a gross uh, corrosion of um, the marital union. <laughs> okay, you're gonna you're gonna have to defend that a bit more because yeah, I use that language me, all the time. One, one, I mean, one second sure. on that, though. I, I will say this: the, the the further thing on the New Testament, when you say the the, the language of friendship, I think across you know in the background setting of when, when he says, "I'm, I'm," you know, "I call you my friends." Why? Because I I I tell you my business. There is, um, I think, even in the New Testament context, and Andrew's more of more of a, an expert clearly than, than I am on this is background but but friendship implied uh obligations in the new testament times that, that were formal you know you invite your friends to you invite your friends but invite the poor instead the idea is well no when you invite friends to do x y and z there is a there there is an obligation of 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 returned uh affections returned favor returned um you know you go to a friend because because there are those obligations that impinge on you when you call someone friend. And when Jesus says, I call you friends now, well, that's an honor and there's an affection, there's emotion. But at the same time, I tell you my business because now you're supposed to be about it. Right there. There's see, but, but that's different, but that is different than you're obligated. I, how? Right? I, don't... Um, I call you my friends be, because, be, because an obligation is um, that which we do by our duty and um, you think we don't have duties to friends? I think um, I don't think we have duties to friends as duties. I think that we take upon ourselves our friends' business and our burdens out of a willingness to do so because they're our friends. I mean, Lewis's line, this is why I like Lewis's formula, right? Um, it's not that we don't get help it's not that we don't help our friends out it's that in helping our friends out we're kind of indifferent about it of course we would do that um it's our it's our delight and our joy to help our friends out it doesn't we don't encounter um the the things that our friends ask us to do as obligations or duties the way say we often encounter 
our work as an obligation or a duty because it's not the sort of thing that we um, uh, really want to do, right? There's a different kind of freedom, I think, within the encounter of those things that we do willingly and cheerfully um, out of sort of grace and out of a kind of givenness than there is uh, from those things that we do strictly by duty. So I'm not saying friendships are free of obligations. I'm just saying we we encounter the sort of things that we call obligations in friendship as very different sorts of things. I, I think but that's that, fine. But doesn't that put in a different Sorry, direction to the comment you're making? You, you seem to be making a... Um, you, with your, I, I think it's a, what I think it's just something like it's a gross corrosion of the marital union to refer to my wife as my best friend, and, and it, and which is obviously you being you, um, but but kind of thinking. <laughs> in, in, in magnif- I don't know. <laughs> I, I, that's, I really want you to fill that out. I, I, my point is in magnifying the distinction between friendship and marriage. Are are you not pulling in the opposite direction to what you're saying now, which is actually seeming to make the distinction much smaller, which is that these are both relationships which have a uh, a sense of established commitment. Admittedly, one's a picture across the church, the other one isn't, and one's a, uh, you know, contemplated by possibly having children and having sex and things, but, and the other one isn't. But but the, the nature of the relationship, which a, a few minutes ago you seem to be saying is, is substantially different from between friendship and marriage, but now actually you're saying that the nature of the obligations and the duties which we do, we fulfil out of delight rather than because we simply have to is actually the nature there of the relationship dynamic is very similar. So is it not simply the case? I'm, I'm just I'm curious as to what make, would make you state something as strongly as you did a few minutes ago, because it would seem to me that by your understanding of what friendship is and what marriage is, marriage is more than friendship, but it isn't less. And it, as such, it, it is a friendship which is at a deeper level and has a lot more to going on than simply a friendship, but it's not antithetical to it. It's not in a different part of the Venn diagram. And I'm curious as to why you would... Yeah. Why did you say that thing earlier? Well, so, I mean, part of it is to amplify the differences, in part because I share Bues's intuition that we have a crisis of friendship. Um, and so as a heuristic point, I want people to think carefully about what friendship is and how it's different from marriage um, and how marriages need friendships in order to be sustained and for us to be whole, because I don't think that that a marriage is a kind of self-sustaining um, life between just two people and no others. Um, and so the the collapsing of that distinction in a context where we already don't understand friendship, I think, just breeds more. But it's not. But it's not a collapsing of the distinction at all, is it? Isn't it just saying that the nature of the, the kind of relationship that you have with a close non friend to whom you're not married, that the, your relationship with your friend to whom you are married, it is all of the things that your relationship with your friend to whom you're not married is, but with other elements added on on top, which massively enrich and make it far more theologically and personally significant. But but you're not it like I'm saying it, it's more than a friendship, but it's not less, is it? I mean, it, it, why why did why is it? Why should that word not be used? Assuming nobody's ever saying, oh, my wife is only my best friend and nothing more than that, in which case, of course, I would thoroughly agree that what you're saying is right. But but that presumably isn't in view when someone says, my wife's my best friend. It's a way of saying the person on earth with whom I have the closest friendship is this person. I, I assume that's what people mean when they say it. I would like the element of I would hang out with them for I would I would ha- I hang out with them for fun, not just not just because I have to kind of like your your element of friendship. 
But I, then again, I also promised to continue to hang out with him. I think that might be an argument in your favor. Um, but, yeah. but I don't know. I just still look. So clear, clearly, there, there's clearly there's some conceptual overlap here between friendship be. and marriage. I'm going to grant that. But, but, but the question is: Are the things that are added to marriage such that they um, are simply marriage plus, or excuse me, friendship plus, or are the things that are added into marriage such that they definitively and radically change the form of relationship, such that even while there's conceptual uh, overlap, we'd say of that union, it's a difference in kind, not of degree. I mean, is marriage simply a friends with benefits? No, no, it's not. A, friend, a close the, the friendship with benefits, friendship, right? It, it can't be. Is, is, could, could, is friendship a, a Is marriage sense? only benefits? I, I don't know. That's why yeah, I yeah, no, of course, of course not. I mean, of course not. I, I think, I think that would be like saying that because I, I so, so take a, stu- a stupid example. But I live with my wife, right? That's true. I also live with my children. I also live with another guy who lives with us. But for me to say I live with my wife, or that my wife is someone I live with, is is like is a true statement. It's not a sufficient statement of what our marriage is. And it would be odd to say my wife lives with me and we have benefits on top of that. That, that would be a, a weird way of framing what a marriage is. But it's nonetheless true that she lives with me just as other people do as well. And I don't know why the same logic couldn't be applied to friendship. It, it's a factual statement about a depth of relationship we have. But I'm not using it to replace other language. I don't know. But this might be a very and small point I, in the I, overall scheme. But I was interested by the strength in which you stated it. Hence, hence it's the not question. because it's not because I think I think that is something that is. I don't know. I I I one of the the idea of marriage as strong, intense, uh, more than friendship, but still friendship. Um, I think has been. I don't know. I, I've found it extremely helpful in, in a lot of ways, explaining to my students even well the nature of Christian friendship and then the nature of of Christian marriage. Uh, Tim Keller's got a great section, uh, of course I'm going to reference him, in his book, The Meaning of Marriage. Clearly you get no, you get you get the sense, you get the explicit statement that it's not just friendship. Clearly. There's more. There's depth. There's 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 union. There's in different ways. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I think that element of I think you can have the distinction right I think you can have the distinction between marriage and friendship, even while saying marriage encompasses friendship, therefore I can call my wife my friend. And I think you can say, uh, and that's my friend, he's mine, like I'm his, even what, without violating the, the, the sacredness of, and, and, the, and the, you know, holiness in the sense of very set apart nature of marriage. I don't know, I think, I, yeah, I just, I just see... Uh, again, the pragmatics of making a vow, yeah, yeah, sure. But the intrinsic philosophical weirdness of it, I don't see it as weird. I think, I think, I think if our culture and our society was in a place that we understood covenants better, we understood fidelity and love better. Um, I, I don't think we would see that as 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 weird and and philosophically odd as we're, as this conversation has implied. And so I think it's just our cultural ability to make those kinds of relationships overall has declined um so i think i think this what wesley's proposing i don't know i see it as one part of an overall theme that the church should be teaching on in terms of deepening strengthening uh 
all of our friend, all of our relationships in in faithfulness, you know, according to their you know, innocence, as 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 Genesis, according to the each according to their various kinds, uh, but but each one of them having the fidelity level ramped up, uh, according again as it is fit, as as is suited to that particular thing. Um, so I don't think this is a danger. I don't think having a stronger friendships and vowed friendships is a, is a danger to um, the uniqueness of understanding the uniqueness of marriage in that sense. Uh, I'm not saying you're saying it's a danger, but but I just I don't know. I'm just not seeing why we can't just say like mine in this particular sense and mine in this other particular sense of, of the two different things. And so I think I don't know. That's just where I'm kind of just add the caveat and and you're fine i don't know just me yeah you're the only one in this world who's going to add that caveat so let's just let's just be clear that um the kind of um distinctions that um we might conceptually apply are certainly going to get lost within the rhetoric and um and that matters as much as the actual conceptual distinctions um yeah i i so I do think there's more to the position that Eros is a unique kind of desire um, that definitively alters relationships. I mean, look, saying that I'm not friends with my wife isn't a diminution of friendship. Um, It's not a um, repudiation of intimacy within my union, right? And it's not even a repudiation of the kind of um, economic business-like aspects of a marriage that have to be there for um, the marriage to go forward. We don't like talking about that as part of marriage, but it's there. Um, What it is, is just an attempt to say something like the thing that ties us together and the thing that Wesley wants that ties us together as friends, um, that ties other, you know, me and my friends together, um, are not necessarily the same things. And um, because we can see conceptual overlap in all sorts of human relationships, um, there are aspects of my relationship with my wife that are um, like aspects I have with uh, people who mow my lawn. In some cases, we create schedules together, right? And we set appointments and do those sorts of things. Um, we can collapse all those distinctions and say, well, you know, obviously there's friendship. But I but I really want to just at the end of the day wonder if saying she, my wife is my best friend actually transforms in our imaginations marriage into a kind of friendship plus benefits unintentionally. We don't want to do that. We recognize that there's something more there, but the language of friendship is so pervasive with respect to erotic unions within the evangelical world that I wonder if we've actually got some conceptual problem around eros and around our understanding of how eros drives and determines uh, marital relationships. So that I mean, okay. So, that's so, my so this this helps. So as we imagine closing, that helps me because that you're saying I. It's not that I, I think you're saying it's not that it, it's not true that we are friends 
in which case I was going to ask when did you stop being friends because presumably you were when you first met you became friends and then you started doing something else and you know it is actually oh, I would say something oh, got added oh, no. something oh, no. added to friendship rather than taken away f- mm-hmm. from it but you're, you're it sounds like you're not no my d- Andrew it's very it's very important actually when I first met my wife we obviously um, had just met it, we actually had a discussion um, because we were in class together and we were having a discussion about Aristotle's Nicomachean ethics about friendship and about his divisions of friendship. And my wife, though we didn't know where this would all end up at the time, made very clear in that discussion that she and I were not friends. <laughs> okay. Well, as they say, there's I mean, always, there's always a lot of biography. And we've never been friends since. Right. Yeah. No. I, That's okay. right. But what, what I'm, what I'm, oh, I think what biography. I'm hearing in your last oh, longer thing you were saying was this is, this is an, an unintended consequences issue rather than I, I think that that is an inaccurate term to describe an element of the relationship we have because that I, I think if it, you, it again I use my analogy of living together is it wrong to say my wife and I live together and I think you would I presume would say well no if that's simply making a statement of fact if everybody started referring to it as if implied in that phrase was my wife and I simply or merely live together, which I think is what you're discerning with friendship at, at large in evangelicalism. You're saying, I think there's a risk that marriage is becoming watered down to become this, plus a few other bits and pieces. Then that's where the concern comes from, rather than the concern that that isn't something that if I said it to you, you would know what I meant, you wouldn't have any concerns with it. Um, I think yeah, that, I, right. I, I know for me, that is helpful because I... I yeah. yeah, you you use nice phrases when you're being bombastic about things. You use nicely strong phrases and lucid terminology about <laughs> corroding the very nature of marriage. And I think, well, I refer to Ray. I say to her, "You're my best friend," by which I mean you are the person who I have the greatest level of affection for and intimacy with in relationship. Even if there wasn't this whole other dimension to what we have together, and I, for me, that's a wonderful thing to say to somebody. And I'm very tr- glad it's true of me for her as well. But I don't want to be corroding marriage when I'm doing it. <laughs> I am never bombastic about anything, Andrew. I reject I reject bombastic as a description of how I am in this world. Strenuously and with great force. I do so force. forcefully. Oh, man. So That's I was right. joking around uh, earlier before we got on that I think because a bunch of my buddies have moved away, like I think I started, I think we started the podcast so I could have friends and chat with you guys about stuff <laughs> um, again, because this is always a great time and, and great fun and really sharpening and refining. Um, but as always, we have to, we have to end at some point. And I think we're going to go ahead and wrap it up on that note. So um, few takeaways one never call your wife your best friend otherwise you could destroy marriage in western culture and two we'll be, we'll be back again uh very shortly we've got some very exciting things coming up in the works but if you found this uh, a blessing or benefit at all uh feel free to share uh the show will have links to both articles in the show notes as usual at mereorthodoxy.com and if you just want to rate and review us on iTunes there's links there too every little bit helps uh, get the word out but again thank you so much for spending your time with us listening we hope this was a a sharpening and refining thing Uh, and blessings on you this week